Alrighty, hello everybody. Welcome back to the Green Astronaut Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I am super, super excited to present this one to you guys. I had the pleasure of sitting down and speaking with Jay Nenas and having just such a dope conversation with her. She has such a great way of expressing herself in a way where I understand what it is she's conveying. I love that as she's telling her experiences, I understand it so well that I get to see the keys that she's presenting for all of us. And it's just so amazing because it unlocks another part where you just have a better understanding of life and some of our purposes here. Uh, Yeah, because of all those conversations, I was so excited to have her on the podcast and I'm so glad that I did. And yeah, without further ado i present to you all jay ninas three two one blast off (laughs) no you're good but yeah that was pretty intense those hits right there yeah like i said that was like right to the chest it was directly in there (laughs) all right so we just did a little bong hit, and what I wanted to discuss with Jay Nena was what is it that she experiences when she smokes? I don't know why I'm talking about you like you're not here. <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted to touch on with you is what do you feel when you smoke marijuana? Right. Okay. Well, I feel like it kind of comes down to the intention, first of all, before I feel anything, because depending on what my intention is for that session, I feel different things. So for the most part, when I smoke um, and I'm with friends, it can just turn into just a time to connect, right? And to um, kind of dig into each other's minds and our passions and kind of like, just kind of like, you know, when we've had our sessions and we end up talking about, I don't know, other dimensions and the aliens and like randomest things. And that can be fun because you're like connecting with people. So it's just kind of usually when I'm with a group of friends, the intention is just to like talk. Um, so it usually feels pretty good. I mean, I usually feel like I'm connecting with people. I feel like I'm, you know, um, very present, if anything. Do you ever feel that? Like you feel like when you when you smoke, you're more present in the moment? Yeah, you're you you uh present is definitely a word to describe it. I feel like I'm able to paint the picture better of what the person is talking about when they're explaining cuz I think sometimes when the other person is high, mm-hmm. I feel like they go into such detail sometimes because like you said being present, you can feel sometimes the passion mm-hmm. about what they're talking about. You can feel that like what they're saying is something like they actually feel and they're sharing that with you right. and and it just it feels amazing when you're smoking and you can feel the vibes just connecting, intertwining mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. everybody in the room. And that is definitely amazing. And I think I've stopped drinking alcohol so much and like I just really enjoy cannabis a lot more yeah. than, than alcohol. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's just it's just like it's a deeper connection mm-hmm. when, when you're high. I, you can feel it, the presence. And I like that you use the word presence on that. Yeah, no, totally the presence. But like you said, even just like it, like you were saying how you can feel everyone's emotions, you can feel the vibe. I feel like it's a collective experience. Like that moment where everyone just like looks at each other and starts cracking up, right? And you're just like, oh my God, everyone is on the same level as me. Like and thought that was just as funny 
or you know sometimes people don't even know what you're laughing at you're just collectively laughing together right I feel like that definitely gives yeah like makes people feel like they're more connected and they're yeah like they're they're in on something together which funny you bring up alcohol because I feel like alcohol does the opposite sometimes right out where 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 weed kind of evokes compassion in people and connection I think alcohol just does the opposite of compassion to people right like it makes you more aggressive aggressive right you think everyone is like attacking you you. holy cow i don't think and with marijuana when i'm smoking with a group of people i don't think they're out to get me i'm just like even if they're not like my close friends like every time i've smoked with people i've just met or you know i remember when i used to smoke in college and in high school like it it always ended up people just laughing together wow that is so beautiful i can't i can't i just thought of that too that's great so that just came to your head right now like you just realized that right now i just realized like marijuana equals compassion and alcohol equals aggression aggression like it just two opposite words right so i'm totally with you like i mean i still drink but i'd prefer to connect with weed rather than drink but uh, you know there's different experiences for everything of course and and to each their own as well right right and your intentions for the day or whatever it is but yeah no totally so yeah the first question you started with was what emotions do i experience and yeah i think presence and compassion and all those positive things wow it's filled with positivity that response i I love that that's super cool and you just yeah that was like a prime example right now about everything you just said we both understood what we were talking about i i felt your passion as you were talking Mm -hmm. about it and we put our minds together and we learned something right there that was super cool yeah totally and yeah like you work exactly like that's kind of a form of creating right you're creating something with people together but yeah i've thought about that for a while the the whole like weed bringing you closer to yourself and then like alcohol is like a spirit that like takes you away kind of thing but totally wow well it's crazy because when i was growing up i definitely had a stigma against marijuana Mm -hmm. i don't know exactly what it was because i hung out with people who smoked and i had um family members who had smoked as well and i mean i was okay being around it but i just i I never no me dio la gana i don't Mm -hmm. it never provoked me so you weren't like, you hago lo que me da la gana. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to drink like a motherfucker. Is that crazy? <laughs> you weren't on the bad bunny side. <laughs> exactly. I wasn't on the bad bunny side. And it's wild to see what I've been missing this whole time. Or I wonder if I if I had done this when I was younger, if I would have felt the way I feel about it right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it does because you just said how even when you smoked back in the day, how you would just connect with people that you didn't even know. So it sounds like, yes, it would have... It just has a positive effect overall. Right. But yeah, it's funny that you say like you, because I know you, you're you a late smoker. Um, you were newer to the team than most of us. But I do think that there is some, because I agree, like I've always been able to use weed in uh, more of a recreational, like I'm very good at just only using it when I want the experience. I don't smoke every day. In fact, it's kind of more like once a month, if anything. But I do think and I find that people I know who started smoking at a younger age now have some kind of addiction to it where like they started using it to cope with their emotions rather than for fun. You know, unfortunately, a lot of adolescents in middle school, high school, college, 
They don't use weed to connect. They're using it to cope and avoid stress and avoid whatever's happening. So I think when you build that relationship with weed as a coping mechanism, you lose the positive parts of it. So I do think that some people, maybe they're just not meant to have started smoking so young because then they built some kind of uh, dependence on it, right, rather than using it. So I wonder, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what would have happened with you if you had started younger. <laughs> like maybe you would be like a weed addict and like you wouldn't be able to do anything but smoke. Word. That's probably true, man. Right. Because I'm loving this way too much and I would probably love it way too much then. And yeah, a lot of people... Can't handle it. Yeah, I think I'm one of those who wouldn't be able to handle it. But now that you're older and you started when you're older, you you have more of self-control, responsibility. Yep you know how to handle it better. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I definitely, I'm. we're using it recreationally, but right. I definitely see the medicinal side as at, whenever I, I am using it recreationally, mm-hmm. especially when I'm home, especially when I'm with Rosa, like her and I get into conversations where we just find things out about each other and part of ourselves as well. And it's right. just like, holy cow, wow, that's that's insane. And it goes back to everything you said earlier about mm-hmm. connecting with people when when you're smoking marijuana and and that's what it does i wonder if you were to take a poll to the world and ask like how many ask couples how many times have you and your significant other gotten into a fight while smoking weed and then you ask them how many times have you and your significant other gotten into a fight while out drinking oh wow right there'd probably be a huge difference of course i feel like people like when couples could definitely use weed as like a, a way to connect with each other even more intimately that's kind of therapeutical it's medicinal right but when a couple is like out wasted oh, they just yeah. don't know what could happen Word. Know. there's nothing medicinal <laughs> Medicinal about that right there, yo. That's it like <laughs> pretty toxic. If anything. Wow, very true. Holy cow, we're just like comp- I feel bad that we're like bashing. We're like stepping on alcohol <laughs> right now. We're like yo, fuck your couch. Oh my god, you're right. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> I just keep thinking about yeah, the connections no. now. The I'm more like, you think about it, yeah. right? Exactly. When I go out now, I'm like that lame guy in the corner drinking water or and seltzer, like. We went out recently uh-huh. and I had smoked and everyone around me was at brunch and they were doing the unlimited stuff. And, oh. and they kept looking at me like, yo, bro, what are you doing there? Like <laughs> a fucking weirdo in the corner drinking oh, no. water. Like, I'm like, bro, I'm having a ball right now. I'm, I'm having mad fun. Like I'm high gotcha. as hell and I'm enjoying everything around me. I feel like when I was out in that situation, and I'm the only one high. I'm enjoying more my surroundings. I'm enjoying mm. like like just the beauty of everything around me. The colors right. are, are more vibrant, it feels like. And, and you can see... You can also see the joy. You can actually, I feel like you can, holy shit, is that that you can see like auras? I guess, I guess I feel like that yeah. a little bit, not necessarily seeing auras, but like you can sense them a little more. Right. And I think I remember like reminiscing to that recent time. I, I feel like I felt everyone just enjoying the time right there. Hmm. And it, and it makes me enjoy it too. It's like, man, right. this is super cool that you can like feel these feelings a lot, a lot mm-hmm. more, a lot stronger. A lot more strongly. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot where I was going there, but it was that. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember saying, yeah, that no, that that we're we're bashing alcohol, but it's cool. Weed is better than alcohol. <laughs> yeah, we're really just bashing alcohol. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and and it, it takes me a lot less to get drunk as well. I can drink like a beer now and and be like. You're really good. buzzed. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. And I'm sure, you know, plus the awesome benefit of no hangover and Oh my I god, mean, that's number one. Hangovers at our age suck. Yes. They a hundred percent suck. I have to like prepare days ahead and after. 
like days ahead i gotta prepare and then like days after i'm like just dead for three days exactly no one talked yeah. to me for the next three days yeah yeah it's so true but yeah i i also think that weed has other medicinal components to it too though i feel like besides um connecting and like therapeutic it calms people down like it calms your body down your nervous system right it's it's very i think it has like a calm and i mean if you think about all the research that there is on cancer patients who use weed for that and and like just like the whole like anything any pain so i love all that part about weed and i think it helps because if you're like someone like me who doesn't necessarily deal with any of that stuff you can use it to elevate yourself even more right because that's what me rosa and other people do is like we kind of do it more to like meditate and connect and that is very healing and medicinal too word it is man holy cow because don't you feel like in many states still there's this kind of stigma against using weed recreationally because people think it should only be medicinal because that's i don't know why i'm not sure i'm sure there's info i don't know but i think that people should even if you're not suffering through cancer or an injury, you should be able to have access to it legally, recreationally, everywhere, because it literally helps all of us to just elevate more. Why do we need to hide that? I don't know. I feel like as you were saying all that, I was thinking about, I guess I was like trying to answer the question that you were asking. Uh, damn it. What's the word when you ask it? Not literally. I guess figuratively. Figuratively. Uh-huh. Uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, damn it. I spent too much time thinking about that. I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, God. Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, yeah. The bad wait. part about being high sometimes is you forget stuff. Yes. Wait, does this happen to you a lot? That I forgot something? That, like, you're telling a story and you forget what the hell you're talking about? Not really. What? That no. doesn't happen to you? No. I mean... Damn, because this just rarely. happened to me right now, what, three times yeah, already? Yeah, no, it happens to you a lot. It does, right? I think some people are just more prone to it, more prone to, like, forgetting. Damn. That's not good. That's not good for my future. Why? Because when I get older, I'm probably going to be forgetting a lot more things. I don't think it's that. No? I think it's like more like ADHD. Oh, damn. You think I have undiagnosed ADHD? You might, yeah. Oh, shit. Jane and I was like, yo, bro, you got ADHD. <laughs> it, might just, <laughs> it might just get triggered more by, like, you probably have it, but it's not noticeable. And then when you smoke, it gets more triggered. So your brain just goes places. How long were you holding that in? Holding what in? That you think I have ADHD. I just <laughs> thought of it. Nah, nah. You've probably been thinking ever since I you met not. me. Like, yo, I, no, I really have Who the haven't. fuck is this kid, yo? This kid has ADHD, bro. <laughs> it's hard to tell because some people are like very like, I don't know. You don't really know, notice it. I don't know. You might. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I don't I'm messing know. with you, by the way. <laughs> I mean... Weed is a great tool for ADHD, so... Is it really? Yeah, I think a lot of people who have ADHD smoke Oh, really? Weed. Yeah. Okay. Actually, now I remember what I was thinking about before, about what you said about the other states who... Who, uh, who are not legal yeah. for recreational... But they think it's medicinally... It's, it goes back to what you said. Like, we should all be trying to go to therapy or, mm -hmm. or just find moments where we're digging deep into ourselves. Yes. And I think that for some of these people they think if they admit that they need something like that then there's something wrong with them because there's also a stigma about mental health right i'd never thought about having um oh man what what's worse than stress anxiety anxiety yeah yeah things Panic, like that attack i feel like for you to get diagnosed for something like that it's got to be something extreme right. right but we all deal with some form of anxiety or or just something that's like bad for us right 
Yeah. Some something negative. We all that, have traumas. Ex- exactly. That we're we all have to traumas. Heal through. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of us don't understand that that's something we need. That we need to like look into those things and try to, you know, be at peace with us because then that's like I don't know. That's I mean something's wrong with you. And I think a lot of people don't like to think that there's something wrong with them. Right. So it's admitting yeah. like, hey, there's something. It's not necessarily that it's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. It's just something that that you need to adjust uh, for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mental health is like all still such a stigma in so many places. But I think that, yeah, I mean, you know, everyone deals with their own things, even if it's not as traumatic as others, anxiety and everybody, everybody demonstrates it in a different way. But yeah, I think that for sure, if more of us used it to to heal and connect with ourselves, we would be a better world. Yeah. I feel like having high conversations like this, Rosa and I feel like we came up with the key to evolution. Really? The key for the human race to move forward and just become the next level of species. And, or and, uh, Not species, whatever. And was that weed? Like you think that if everyone smokes or, no, or what do you no, think? No, no, no. Compassion. Oh, compassion. Yes. Compassion is the answer to evolution. And this was like... This was last year. But what made me come to that realization was marijuana. The talks behind marijuana. That's part of the things that like her and I connected on. Like We just transported somewhere. And we saw like the bigger picture of everything. We were like, holy shit. The answer to evolution. The answer to just like everyone peace in general is compassion. Right. Because like we all f- we, we, we need to understand that, you know, we have different opinions on, on things. But mm. even sharing ideas in general, you know, expands your brain knowledge, your little record keeping up there. Yeah, and, and, like and you start knowing more things. About yourself and the other person. Exactly. It and like unlocks parts of you. Yeah. You start, especially when it's conversations that, you know, help you realize we're all the same. Mm-hmm. But we also have our own little way of being as well. Like we're all unique in our own way. Right. And yeah, that's part of compassion in the sense of, just understanding and accepting mm-hmm. everybody for who they are. It's so funny because, yeah, I feel like I've been thinking about that a lot, too, because sometimes when you have conflict with someone, you're like, someone always wants to be right, right? Like, someone's always like, I'm right. It's more about being right than being, like, understood. And sometimes there doesn't have to be a solution, right? Like, I think when you have these disagreements with people, maybe you don't have to end up agreeing and hugging or whatever it is. But maybe at least the both of you can understand that there are different views and perspectives and and respect each other for it or just understand and hear the person and see them you know people just really want to be heard and seen that is very true so it's not really so much about i feel like sometimes i'm guilty of this you know when like so a friend might come to you and ask you for advice or like they're venting about something you know you always feel that pressure of how can i help this person how can i help this person but sometimes they just want to be seen and heard and understood, right? So I think it's kind of like what you were saying about the whole compassion part, right? People don't need a solution or, or when you have an argument with someone, you don't have to be like okay with each other or agree with each other. You can easily just say, I understand you and that's it. Wow. So maybe that's kind of contributing more specifically to you and Rosa's theory about compassion. 
compassion, yeah, it dives into like other things. It dives into racism mm-hmm. because if you had compassion, then there wouldn't be racism, right? Right. Um, damn, that's someone I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> compassion dives into everything, man. Yeah, 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 everything. Friendship, you know. significant others, like go. parents. Like, I mean, think about how much you know. Now that we're in our thirties, I'm sure you agree with me. Haven't you been digging back into your childhood now and thinking back about all the things that your parents, I guess you could say, put you through, right? And so many of us, as we get older, start having resentment against our parents for some of the things that our parents might have put us through. But if you have compassion, you'd realize that like your parents were also going through something at the time. Oh, wow. And they were also trying to figure something out. So then you have compassion for them and you realize oh, wow. that shouldn't matter that, you know, what happened when we were little because they were going through something as well. Wow. Yeah. I'm, honestly, I, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. I think about it a lot between just said that. children and parents because a lot of our trauma as children, like think about it, our first relationship that we ever have and witness is with our parents. Yeah. That's our first relationship before friends and significant others and relationships with your coworkers. So we learn so much from that first relationship that that is the foundation to how we will connect with others in the future. What in the world? It's the whole attached theory. Yo, you're blowing my mind right really? now. Really? Yes. You've never really, heard of this? I've never ever oh, no, heard yes. of this. The, the attachment theory. What? That the way we are as adults and how we connect with people is founded on our connection with our parents. And the connection we saw between them growing up, right? That's why sometimes people who come from divorced families or broken homes might have a harder time finding love or having have more of an anxious attachment style because they really want to like make sure everything is okay. And it's really those people might have more of a more less than a, a more ugh, sorry less of a secure <laughs> attachment style than people who grew up in a healthy, stable lifestyle. Wow. Yeah. Yo, I feel like I learned so much from you when when oh, you start yeah. like going off on these stories. Like I was so excited to have you on here because yeah. like the last couple of conversations we've been having, you've been blowing my fucking mind. Oh, I'm glad I have. Cuz yo, legit, you just be spreading knowledge and I'm so happy to help. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this is all stuff that I'm learning as well as I'm trying to be my highest self, right? Is my attachment style what it means, what uh, what it means with my relationships. Not and when I say relationship, I don't just I don't just mean um, intimate relationships. I mean with friends, family, coworkers, like all kinds of relationships. And yeah, so I've been digging into my past a lot, trying to figure all that out. But oh, we were talking about compassion, mm-hmm. right? Because yes, like even you know I, I've been going back and I'm like thinking, oh, this and this and that. Like I have so much compassion for my parents that I still would never hold resentment towards them but if you were looking at it from someone else's perspective you know and obviously obviously everyone's trauma is different so someone might have more trauma than I do in that respect a lot of people grow up into being adults still holding on to that resentment towards their parents because they don't understand they don't have compassion for them wow and it really makes for a cycle of of negativity right because then they'll then create the same mistakes that their parents did onto their children because they never healed from it Right. So if you haven't healed from the way your parents treated you, you're going to continue that pattern onto your children and your partners. And and it's a cycle that continues on and on and on. And I want to be the one to break that cycle in my generational healing, like 
there's so much anxiety, so much trauma that happened in my in my family, like my dad's side and my mom's side, that you carry it through your genes. I, I don't know if you've heard that theory, but the theory that our parents genes literally whatever their fears were get transferred into our genes as well they've done studies on that with like I don't know some like crazy rat study where they I think what was it they put um an orange near the or is it mice or rats that they investigate on mice mice mice, mice. okay yeah mm-hmm. they put like an orange near the mice right so the mice would go towards like the orange and every time they ate the orange they would zap them or whatever right to cause pain on them So then these mice had children, right, or whatever, and their baby mice, they would put the orange out, and every time the orange came out, the mice would run away from it. What in the fuck? Yeah, they're children. Holy cow. And they tracked how many generations this happened for. It literally changed the mice's genes to associate an orange with pain. No way. This is mind-blowing. Yeah, I don't remember what the study is, and I might be saying parts of it a little bit wrong, so sorry if anyone knows about it. (laughs) (laughs) It may not be 100% correct, but you get the point. It's the point. You get to the point. The point is that people say that scientists and some theorists say that we carry our parents fears within us wow it sounds very plausible too and mm-hmm. and, it, and it makes you realize like holy shit yeah i gotta be the one to change my generation i gotta yep. stop that gene from getting passed down literally and you gotta we have are compassion the, we are the the compassion part exactly like we have to be that person in our generational line to stop that and to only create compassionate children you know if that's your plan right you know Many people out there don't want children, which is fine, but at least you'll be that person to be able to create that in the universe and in the world, um, whether it's through, you know, writing a novel, creating a podcast, you know, writing Shit. a song like like you are already just having this podcast making a difference because people are going to connect to it and feel compassion and all of that. So I think that that's the goal, right, is that you want to end all that pain with you. Yeah, absolutely. You want to spread knowledge. You want to spread. You want to change things up, and the only way you can do that is by spreading knowledge and and and, and compassion and, and love compassion. and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you learn that. You learn that through shit like this about by by talking about yeah. it. Yeah, you know, yeah. you you learn like you literally just taught me a whole bunch of shit right there, Jane and us, and like <laughs> yeah, le- like cool. legit. I can't wait for people to hear this so they can get dropped some knowledge yeah. about them because this is amazing. This yes. is amazing things to know. I think it helps people also understand themselves better. So everyone should be, you know, have this knowledge available to them because the more you can connect with yourself and understand yourself, the more you can connect with others. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then you, not only that, you're just like, you're very positive about things now, mm-hmm. like a lot more. You're, you're more positive more often. Yeah. Just about life in general and, and yeah. everything around you. And it's just appreciating everything that's that's around you. And it's funny because I've reflected on this myself, just in my own thoughts. I don't know if you were ever like this. Maybe you were. But I'm sure people out there, specifically cancers, can relate that we're known for being <laughs> too nice. Right. And too sweet. And Okay. I can see that 100%. Right. Like, you. and I remember when I was like in middle school, I genuinely just wanted to be nice to people. Like, I was like, hi, I'm Jenny. Like, what's up? You know, you can probably picture me like <laughs> super friendly. And then girls would be like, she's so fake. Oh, no. She's so fake. Like, why is she always happy? Why is she always smiling? And not, not all girls, just like, I just remember specific people growing up in middle school and high school kind of giving me a hard time for not 
wanting to get into fights. Like I literally never have been in a fight myself. Things have happened towards me, but I haven't myself like gone up to someone and punched <laughs> them. And I'm like, yeah, I've just never been that angry to need to do anything like that. So I do wonder sometimes if some of us maybe for some reason are just born with a little bit more compassion than others. I mean, or is it that some people just have so much generational fear put it on to them right wow, maybe that's what it is yeah maybe that's what it is and it's just getting passed down to them more and, and, and more. i can see that a lot now like yeah it, i'm sure if you were to go to the the households and, and just see what the condition is and maybe yeah. that's where a lot of that's coming from i can absolutely see that especially being from new york that mm-hmm. that being nice is something to be like make fun of yes like oh look at that loser who's fucking happy so all the time like, you, like remember to be yeah. smart like you get yeah. made fun of like, i know you're right heck? i mean people are people know new yorkers for being grouchy yeah. right like no one wants to come to new york oh, and ask shit. people for help you're right right they don't oh my god but meanwhile you go to like freaking costa rica and everyone's like pura vida pura vida <laughs> it's weird i don't know why is it that people are so stressed out in new york yo because it's one of the original 13 colonies right yeah and like one of the last places to get uh part of the u.s is like the west coast stuff right oh, okay. and like look how laid back they are in the <laughs> west right. coast man the cali vibes. yo cali vibes just smoking weed for longer. exactly yo yo <laughs> weed is the answer <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> literally can- um compassion and cannabis yo. yeah that is the uh ascension, asc- ascension mm-hmm. to to the next level yeah holy shit <laughs> No, it's true, though. Like, New Yorkers are very grouchy. We really are, man. What's wrong with us? And, like, I felt like sometimes I didn't always fit in with those no, New Yorkers. No, you didn't because you're, you're absolutely not that. And I'm not, I know I'm not the only one. I've met plenty of other, like, genuinely, like, sweet people who just don't want to get involved in that. But I just think that some people, and, and I don't know what has to do. I feel like cancers are known kind of being for that, but maybe I'm wrong. For being too nice? For being more, Wait. it's not too nice. People say sensitive. Being sensitive to others' emotions. So that makes you sometimes more compassionate because like, you know, let's say a girl comes up to me and calls me I'm ugly. I might be more compassionate towards her by saying, oh man, like poor girl, like she must have it rough at home. Like, you know, like, and I'm (laughs) not even trying to be like hockey, but like, just like, you know, like just to not take it personally, right? Because I have compassion for that person and I know that for them to be doing something to me so awful that or saying something that I know I don't deserve, they must be going through something internally, right? Wow. So you have that compassion and you don't take it personally, which is another, you know, one of the four agreements that never knew. Do you know the four agreements? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What is all this stuff? Are you not aware of the four agreements? The the world of the four agreements. You got to fill us in. What are the four agreements? According to the book, The Four Agreements (laughs) by Don Miguel Ruiz, something, something. Again, I'm butchering all these things. I swear I read it. I've read it. It's this guy. He's very famous and well-known author from Mexico, actually. I mean, it's a whole book about it. So each agreement comes in the book with a whole chapter on what specific things it means right so like number one is be impeccable with your word <gasps> rosa said that to me before she probably read the four agreements gosh darn it go ahead what is okay, number so two don't take anything personally don't make assumptions and do your best wow if you can just agree to those four things this man talks about how he starts the book and this is why i love this book he talks about it starts it with saying how language was our first form of Communication. Uh, communication right and um 
oh my god where was i going with this i so what was i just talking about the four agreements See, oh dude, shit I just is did it, it. wait was that legit happening I, to you just now i just kind of got like i forgot like where i was going with oh, it fuck the uh the four agreements the number one is com- be impeccable no, wait, with wait. your word be impeccable with your oh, word the agreement part okay no i remember now so yeah he says how like oh, we yeah. all agree <laughs> to make this connection with language uh-huh. it's an agreement language is an agreement like i am wait, agreeing it is? I am agreeing that the word, you know, candle is going to mean that object. Oh, shit. You have to trust me and be able to connect with that, right? Or like, we are both, we're all agreeing that that is called a plant. Wow. Right? So that's an agreement. Yeah, it is. And then slowly we started progressing with agreeing towards social norms. Like we agree that it is normal for you to come in my house and sit on my couch we don't agree that it's normal that you come to my house and sit on the floor unless I ask you to, right? Or, or we don't agree that you come to my house and pee on my floor. Like, we don't agree on that. Then these are all collective universal agreements that we've made. We all agree that a hug means I care about you, right? And there's different forms of, they change a little bit, right? In different cultures and countries, like certain hand symbols might mean something in Mexico versus in India, Right. But overall, these are all things we agree on. But he thinks that the only four things that humans need to agree on, that we could easily get rid of so many of these agreements that we've made because a lot of them just don't even matter, right? I mean, this goes into whole the whole like gender non-binary agreement, right? Like why do we agree that if you were born with this sex, you must dress like this and you must dress like that as a, if you're born with that sex. Oh, shit. Those yeah. are all agreements that we're making. Yeah, absolutely. And they're, ca- and, and they're causing so much pain because no one wants to agree that things could be different. Yeah, exactly. So he thinks that if we get rid of all of these agreements and we just focus on number one. Be impeccable, be impeccable with, your with your word. Be impeccable with your word. Don't make assumptions. Never take anything personally and do always best. do your best. That's all we need. Wow. So the whole book goes into really specifics on what he means by each one of those. So wait, why did you go into... The four agreements? Yeah. Because you were I doing said, something. don't take anything personally. Don't take anything personally. Yeah. Yo, okay. And what was also funny about that story? Because you were like, that was a great uh, uh, example you used. Because... Um, don't get lost, man. Fuck, I am getting lost. <laughs> Damn it. <Sorry>. Because <laughs> you saw it getting lost. You saw the words coming at my eyes like, yo, dude, where's it going? I'm, like, I'm looking for it. Where is it? Oh, get back here. <laughs> um, no, that was a great example because, no, what you said was mad funny is, oh, because if anyone were to see Jane Nana, she's beautiful. So if someone were to be like, Oh, you're ugly. You have the luxury to, to, to like not take it personal. Yeah. Also, instead, you go to the way of uh, poor girl, and and it was funny because you said I don't mean to sound cocky, right? Yeah, which is good yeah. though, which is awesome though because you acknowledge yeah. your beauty in you too. Yeah, I think, and it's unfortunate because I think too many people take all these comments to the heart, right? Like, how many people? Again, it could be from an abusive parent or it could be from an abusive significant other. They, you know, verbally abuse you to the point where you start feeling like you are that, what they tell you you are. Oh, yeah. It's because you take it personally, right? We do that since we're children. Since we're children, like it's, you know, there have been studies that show that the reason why a lot of children of color are not as successful as 
white children is because from the moment they enter the school system, they're already being seen as you're not going to make it. Why are you here? Like you're dumb. Like you don't belong here. Wow. Right. In well, our system. Yeah, because they're minorities, right? And some we've decided as a world that white people is superior and that's just an agreement that we've kind of made. And for some reason, it's this mirror kind of glass that I think kind of, you know, then you, you start to feel like I'm an immigrant, I'm undocumented, you know, I don't belong here. I, They're right, like, I'm never going to make it. My parents are poor. Like, all these things that get brought on to you and then that's why a lot of kids get so, you know, stuck in believing that's what they are because they, unfortunately, as children, like they don't have the capacity to not take things personally. As you get older, I think you start to learn, you know, who you are and that those things don't mean who they are who you are. But teachers now know that you should not ever have any of those kinds of expectations on your students because so many teachers did for so long that oh, it wow. really made children flunk out and fail out of school systems. I didn't even realize it that that was adding to everything you just said about the parents. Imagine like having that and yeah. like your whole life, like where you are at home and where mm -hmm. you are at school. And as a kid, those are the only two places you're going. Yeah. You're either at home with your parents or you're at school with a teacher. And yeah. if your teacher isn't giving you compassion and they're just be they're adding to the to the, uh, the the narrative that's been put on you or whatever is happening in your life exactly yeah. there's no room for growth or there's no room to see hmm. your potential that's what it is there's yeah. no room for you to see your potential there's no room for you to like explore that on your own explore you yeah that's crazy holy cow you do a lot of reading i do and it Not shows just reading. Though. i listen to a lot of podcasts i mean i can put you on for astronaut? days including the green astronaut <laughs> but like jay shetty on purpose you know sahara rose sahara i listen to sahara rose even like i, I love her. listening mm -hmm. to sahara rose i learned so much from her same here exactly yeah. but for you it shows like i feel like you do a great job at explaining back everything mm. that you learn and what i love about it is that you're putting the jay nena touch to it you're right. you're interpreting what you heard through your perspective mm. and and i mean that's what a lot of this is when we speak i mean something right mm -hmm. at a hundred percent the way i mean it right. but you take it in maybe at like 90 percent mm. because you understood what i said the way you understood it right wow. the way you look yes. at it right yep. yeah so then now when you're saying it to somebody else they're now interpreting what you're saying the way they interpret wow, it, right? So now so it becomes true. even dwindled down even more. Yeah. So um, I forgot why I was saying this. I Wait, you got to go back into that. You said that you understood. No, I you understood. Say that again. You understood what I understood the way you understood it. No. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great quote, but what did you say? Oh, Oh, that. Uh, oh, no. So you're reading all these books and then you are coming out with your interpretation right. of it. And it's beautiful, your interpretation. Yeah. It's I feel like said in a way where it's understandable. Mm -hmm. So then when you say what you've learned, uh, you're able to speak it in a way where people have a higher chance of interpreting 100 percent the way you meant something. Right. And they're interpreting it the same way you meant it. Mm. and and i feel like that comes 
from compassion also because you mm. have the ability to speak with words that are more in the compassionate spectrum because when you speak words they have certain meaning to it right you can say a word like fuck you which is not at all like compassion it's on the other side it's under aggression yeah as opposed to i don't want to talk right now right which is more in the compassion side but anyway yeah there's a spectrum of each word and you are able to choose your words that are more on the compassionate side, mm-hmm. which makes it easier for people to understand. Because when, you, when you're when you receiving compassion, it's like, it's right. easy to receive, right? right? Yeah. It's not like the aggressive uh, words, you know, you don't want to take those words like, fuck, excuse me? Like, you get defensive back, like, what the fuck? Why are you talking to me like that? Yeah. And then it causes a fight. Yeah. That's causes so true. a rift. Yeah. But you know, one of the keys to do that and the reason why I think emotional intelligence is so important is that because the reason why someone might choose compassion over aggression is because they can identify their emotions. Instead of saying, fuck you, they realize it's not fuck you. It's that I need space right now. I just don't want to talk to you. Oh, right. But as a person, you have to be really emotionally aware of what you are feeling to know how to express that. Wow. And that's why people resort to those aggressive tones with your significant other or your bestie who just betrayed you. One person could choose to say, fuck you, I hate you, fucking die, da 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 And the other person can look at it and say, I need space right now. I need to think this through. Let's talk in a day. But me as a person, I'd have to really be able to like dig deep and say like, I'm feeling scared right now or I'm feeling betrayed right now and I'm feeling like sad. And there's so many, uh, there's like a huge dictionary of vocabulary for our emotions that we are limiting ourselves to the most frequently used ones like sad angry frustrated but you know i didn't it was till a couple years ago i realized wow like wow elated is a word like i didn't even realize that was a word elated (laughs) i'm feeling elated today (laughs) what is that (laughs) it's like it's almost like the the emotion of like joy it's when you're just feeling super like high like what i'm elated i love that word you never heard it either? I've never heard that you word. See? Yo, you are straight up dropping knowledge bombs today, yo. So now you'll be able to experience that emotion more often because you have a vocab word for it. So now you're going to be like, I'm, I'm elated. elated. <laughs> I love this. But when we only have certain vocabulary words in our knowledge and we can't express how we feel, it's so frustrating. And that's why people resort to curse words and they yeah. resort to all this like anger and fights, right? People fight because they don't know how to express how they're feeling. Yeah. Am I, I just mic this. dropping it? I yes. love this so much, <laughs> man. Like you have no idea. I, this I'm happy is, to put the knowledge out there. Yeah, you dropped the knowledge bombs, man. Your conversations lately have just been like this knowledge bomb that you drop on everybody. And you help expand minds and and learn about the way of life and the yeah. key to evolution. We've talked before about finding keys, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like you just found a bunch of keys and, and you're just helping everyone else. Like, yo, look what I found. I found this key. Look, look at it. And like you're yeah. sharing it by speaking about it. You're right. Yeah, we've been talking for Matt Long, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is about to be one of those Sahara Rose podcasts. Word up, podcast yo. podcast are like an hour and a half. Oh, my God. Show her episodes, they go on and on. Word. But that's because she's got lots of knowledgeable she people She does, yo. Yo, Sarah Rose got... So, Sarah <laughs> <Rose>. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call my yo. girl a hoe. <laughs> Oh, snap. 
Yo, that's too funny, yo. What I was gonna say is Sahara Rose, move aside. <laughs> Jay Nana's coming through. Watch I, out. I don't think you're a hoe. <laughs> I really like you. Wait, me too, Sahara Rose. Like, legit, I listen to you. You're gonna to listen you. to this one, dang. like, <laughs> I can't believe I said that. No, legit, yo. I, I listen to Sahara Rose. Love her. I, I, yeah, I think her shit is dope, man. I would, it'd be an honor to meet her one day. That's so true. Yeah. Wow, that'd be super cool. You should join. What's her program thing called? She's got like a group. I listened to one where she she was having like a meetup with a bunch of people who, what? who have like her. Oh, um, rose gold goddesses. Nah, there you go. <laughs> have you been considering being a rose gold goddess? I was, but I feel like she only accepts females. And I was no, like, she probably accepts males too. I was like, she damn, yo, does. she sucks, yo. What's up with that? Nah, nah, I'm kidding. I didn't say that. <laughs> No, but you're, you're right. I think it is more for females for, yeah, to yeah, tap yeah, into yeah. that divine feminine energy. I feel like that one episode I was listening to is yeah. like she just kept talking to women. I'm like, yo, bro, what about your your, well, your male listeners on. too? She brings ma- males onto the show too and men to talk to. Entonces, that was the great conversation with Jay Nenas. As I said earlier, that was so much fun to go through with her. Uh, we got cut off at the end because we were just going on for so long. We were really high and I, I had forgotten to put water in the room. And I didn't want to like stop talking at all to get up to get water because, man, I was just in the zone. I was like in there the whole entire time. Then I was just super laser focused on <laughs> on everything that Jay Nennis and I were talking about. Anyways, it, it's a long enough as his episode, but well worth it because... Man, we talk about some dope-ass shit here. So thank you again to Jay Nana for coming by. And I can't wait to have you on again and get into some other outer space shit right there. Peace.